It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who were the biggest winners from the Cowboys' final preseason game against the Seahawks? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Brightco Julian Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out their special offer going on right now for Lockdown listeners and get covered in under two minutes at brightco.com forward slash locked on. That is brightco.com forward slash locked on. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCP. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. You know, it was a, kind of a weird feeling. We talked about it, like having a, a Cowboys game on a Friday night. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm up late watching the game a couple mm-hmm. different times. Uh, and then I got up early because of a child jumping on my head way before she was supposed to. Uh, and so I watched it again. So I, I'm excited to talk about this. I, that, I mean, I, I think that truly proves my uh, yeah. Cowboys insanity to watch a, a preseason three game multiple times yes. so we have at least have to talk about it yeah so off the top if you missed the game the cowboys did beat the seattle seahawks 27 to 26 none of the starters on offense played outside of josh ball if you count him as a starter um Don't do but yeah <laughs> neither do i uh but we've got some some big takeaways and i think you and i have the bit, same big winner from this game and it's jake ferguson who Played really, really well. Uh, what did you see from the Cowboys rookie tight end? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we saw a little bit more of the same of what we had seen previously. He, he's, uh, I think he's got a little bit to to him uh, after the catch. I think when you you know he you can get the ball to him uh, in a in an outlet situation and he can uh, get upfield, get north and south quickly, and make people miss. I think what we've seen a little bit more now is kind of just how balanced his game is already. I think, you know, you, you noticed him uh, on the screen providing a great block. Uh, I think it was from Malik Davis. Uh, he, you know, he was out there on one of those naked boots blocking for uh, for Greer when he came out. It, and it was crushed running. the defensive end on one of the naked boots. Just absolutely buried him. Yeah, and, 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 and just like, uh, you know, I, and then he, again, we, we think about watching his college tape, right? And one of the things that I thought really stood out about his college tape was uh, specifically against Michigan, right? Against those two great pass rushers they mm-hmm. had last year. He did a great job of, of, of pass protection as a pass blocker. And you saw a little bit of that last night as well, which I thought kind of helped stabilize things when <laughs> we'll talk about Josh Ball and, and some of the other folks that played tackle when they needed it. And I think that that's right. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all appreciate why that might be a useful trait right now. So honestly, I think the big takeaway for me uh, last night is that, um, 
not only do I think Ferguson is going to get quite a bit of playing time early in the season, um, I think he's going to be a, a, an important part. And he's going to be a useful part of this offense uh, because of his kind of Swiss Army knife nature. And I think they need him to be a, a big part of the offense too, right? And I think he deserves yep. it. Like, I'm actually kind of shocked at how much he's improved over the last three weeks of the preseason because I thought in week one, his blocking was very average at best. But by week three, I mean, he had some incredible blocks that sprung big runs or the Will Greer, you know, bootleg play. Like he was actually an asset in the run game. So how is that going to translate when you're playing better competition? You're playing more with against first team defenses. We'll see. But I'm really encouraged by what I've seen so far. Well, I mean, these weren't necessarily all the Seattle's defensive starters, but they were more than what the Cowboys were putting sure. out there. And and these were guys that were going to be playing for them on Sunday. So this was a pretty decent test for Ferguson. You're definitely right. This, there's there's still another level that we got to see it on. But to, I, I that was one of the things I thought we should point out with a lot of this the, these notes is that, again, the Cowboys were technically outclassed by one level – because Seattle was playing, you know, a percentage of their starters, certainly a, a much higher percentage of their starters sure. than the Cowboys were. So all these are, you know, positive notes to temper the, you know, I guess bump up the what we're saying Absolutely. because it's 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 it they were going up against a higher level of competition than they normally would. We should also just mention Peyton Hendershot, the other tight end, because Absolutely. God, he was really good in this game. Uh the drive that the Cowboys needed to take the go-ahead touchdown. Uh Peyton Hendershot caught the long pass that got on third down. And then he ended up catching the game-winning touchdown. I mean, you can just see, like, in the open field, Hederstadt's not, like, super fast, but he's just good after the catch. A, a little bit like Dalton Schultz, where you don't expect this guy to run away from, yeah. from linebackers and safeties, but seems like he's always getting more yards than expected. He's tough. Yeah, yeah, he's he took tough. a real serious shot to the chest, and he bounced right back up and was jawing and excited. And then I think maybe, what, one or two plays later, Caught the game-winning touchdown. So, um, yeah, I, I loved seeing that from him. I love seeing him getting hype, hyping up his teammates. He's got to change his number, though, because I cannot go into the season you with him 40, having a – 49 next Well, I mean, the, the, worst, the worst part is that apparently he ended up having to switch helmets with after that big hit with, with Ferguson. So not only did he have a very close-to-looking number, but he's also wearing Ferguson's helmet, for God's yeah. sake. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they got to change the number just for our sake. But, I, you know – Excellent, excellent. Again, where the Cowboys are winning this preseason is that we're finding so many of these like undrafted rookie guys that like don't just look like they're going to make the team, but maybe look like they can have at least a small contributing role to this team, which is incredibly positive. On top of that, I mean, it gives you options in the future, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to talk about like Dalton Schultz's contract and all that stuff, but. I mean, it's naive to to not think at least a little bit that, hey, maybe Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot have shown enough that you don't necessarily need to sign Dalton Schultz to a long-term contract. Maybe you franchise him again for one more year and we'll see where things are at. But, like, those guys have played well enough that we can at least have the conversation. The Cowboys have an incredible propensity to de- develop tight ends. So yeah. if when they find good ones, it, it's it's just it, – it, it feels good and positive that you're going to be able to develop them a little bit while they're in our system. Absolutely. Uh, all right, we got to talk about some other players, some other rookies, in fact. Uh, but before we do that, we want to tell you guys about Brightco. I told you the story, of the guys, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago that I had a friend who lost his engagement ring on top of uh, uh, one of those uh, Ferris wheels. Ferris wheels, yes. 
Uh, don't be that guy. And you certainly don't want to be splattered all over the internet because you just lost your really expensive ring. The guys at Brightcoat Jewelry Insurance will make sure that you can get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just happen to misplace it. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. These guys at Brightco are absolute geniuses. They've made the buying insurance process just so easy. All you have to do is get on your phone for like two minutes and they'll help you out. You won't find a better deal on great coverage that's super affordable. Bright.co forward slash locked on. We all hate insurance. We hate dealing with it. But at Brightco, it's so easy. It's five bucks a month and you'll get totally comprehensive coverage. And it won't take you more than a few minutes on your phone. Brightco.com, excuse me, bright.co forward slash locked on. Check it out. See the offers they have available going on right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's talk about Sam Williams. Um, I think this was probably his best game in terms of making like splash plays. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss behind. Uh, that was pretty impressive while he was getting held. He had a couple of really nice hustle plays. Um, he's not perfect. He's still really raw, and you're still developing him. But it's okay to be excited about his future, right, Landon? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think him and Tolbert are right kind of at that same place where – they're doing every single thing along the step correctly. The last thing they need to do is finish, right? Mm-hmm. Is is and 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 we'll talk about Tolbert in a little bit. But I thought Tolbert had a really good game, but he couldn't finish because he didn't get so much help from his quarterback. But with Williams, you know, it's he's showing you so much. He's 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 pushing tackles back. He's creating pressure. He's getting his hands and touching the quarterback. He's pressuring. He's getting technical QB hits. You know, but the problem is he's also getting penalties. He's he's hitting the quarterback too late. He's you know so hitting quarterback he, high, right? Yeah, he needs to get better in, in better control at the last part of his rush and finish the play. You know, because all throughout the preseason, what we've seen is him getting very close, right? Him very getting you know, almost there. And well, it's like game, he gets to the he, top of the rush and then he yeah. just can't quite bend around the tackle to make the sack or he's just not able to convert it into a sack. Like, or he's he, so close. Or he does and the guy gets gets rid of it like right before he does. Yes. So some of it's some of it's timing, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's fine. But my point is is that he's on the precipice of being there. And 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 I and I and I can't get over the fact like how good he's got so quickly, you know, cuz I mean it, it just like he has I think all of us were kind of in a spot where, okay, I would like for see him make a contribution this year. I don't, you know, maybe it's just like as a, as a rotational pass rusher by the middle of the season, season, right? Sure. That'd be great. At this point, what we've seen from him is that this guy's ready to play the run. He's got some physical, I mean, he's not, he's uh, his, um, He's not. He doesn't seem to be quite there assignment sound wise. No, too many times think, he'll jump inside when he probably should be containing. Right. He he lost. He definitely lost containing a couple of these. But but as far as a physical player who like 
all he needs to do is understand his assignment a little bit better, get some more snaps there. And I, I think he's going to be ready for a, a larger role than maybe just like, you know, uh, just a guy that you, you, you throw out there as a pass rusher. So uh, it's exciting to see just how quickly the light has turned on for him and, and just how explosive and strong he is. Yeah. Just like it's, it really is impressive. Also, he looks like Micah Parsons. Like his face just looks like Micah Parsons when they show. It's it's kind of unbelievable. We've been talking about this since the draft situation, right? Like I, I I the first time I saw him interviewed, I was like, he has to be cousins with Parsons or something like that. It's nuts. Yeah, I, he was he was pretty incredible. I mean, still very very raw. Like I, yeah, he's so athletic that he can get he can get away with being raw. But man, like once he has a year to figure things out. Guy's the limit for him. Like, I'm really excited. Absolutely. I mean, he's got all the physical talent in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, my guy, Matt Willetsko, the the yeah. offensive tackle from North Dakota. Finally got to see him in action. What did you see from his play? I thought he looked really good. Honestly, I thought he – I mean, you know, considering relative to what his competition was, I thought he looked as good as any of these tackles in this game. You know, I mean, he consistent, especially in pass protection, he he's consistently uh, where he need to be, uh, where he need, needed to be. Uh, he, you know, he has some explosive movement ability to him for a guy, his size. Uh, you know, I think, I think anchoring is where he's going to be, yeah. uh, where he's going to have problems. Uh, he moves very well laterally and he's got great length and, 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 you know, the kind of other part that's missing from that with a lot of young tackles, and I think is missing with Josh Ball at this point, is that he he understands that he has athleticism and length, and he doesn't, or at least from what I saw, he didn't like panic. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't like trying to, to bend to engage contact, which always leads to waist bending, which always leads to uh, swipe moves and, and guys getting around you quickly. So he, he looked very much in control. He contained, you know, what he was doing very well. But the times – there was only one or two times where someone tried to use a power move or speed to power on him, and he tried to anchor down. And part of this could be his shoulder because, obviously, guys, he's still dealing with a pretty serious shoulder situation. But when he tried to anchor down, uh, he couldn't stop. Like, he, it, he just kept on getting inched back, inched back, inched back. It wasn't, like, you know, terrible, but it, it, it also, you know, he wasn't stopping. It wasn't a point situation where he was going to eventually grind the guy down it was going to be a point where if the quarterback didn't get rid of the ball, he was going to have a tackle in his lap. So, but I, overall, I thought really great debut. And if he can, you know, continue to improve, I think he can contribute in some way uh, as maybe the backup left tackle, you know, not week one, I wouldn't feel comfortable with him throwing him out there week one, but maybe a couple of weeks into the season, you, you can feel comfortable enough that, that he could be this, he could be your backup left tackle situation. The, the the plan is to have him be like your swing tackle in 2023, right? Yeah. I mean, if he could do that job, he's going to be just fine. Um, I actually have a comp for him, and you could tell me I'm wrong, but I, watching him last night reminded me of really young, and actually back to the college, Colton Miller, who if you remember like okay. pre-draft Colton yeah. Miller, Colt, yeah. a lot of people thought Colton Miller was like a day three pick because he's, he's a six foot eight, 310 pound, uh, you know, offensive tackle who great athlete, but you wonder about the power. Yeah. Um, I think well, let's has got some of those traits. Now, what happened to Colton Miller? Just really quick story time during his rookie season, he had a shoulder injury that John Gruden forced him to play through. It was one of the ones that was serious enough 
that he could have been on the injured reserve list. But John Gruden basically told him to suck it up and go out there and play. You're an offensive lineman. You got to figure out how to play through these injuries. And it actually really helped Colton Miller just become a tougher, meaner player. I wonder if the Cowboys are trying to do something similar with Matt Woletsko, right? Like, hey, we, we know this is a big deal, but we want you to kind of grit it out and go show us that you can play. And he wasn't terrible last night. Like, I was encouraged. I think they need – I absolutely wonder if it's that. I also wonder how much Woletsko is pushing for this as well. I, I mean, I have no idea, so I'm, in, I'm just interested in that information. Um, I think, you know, there's a roster management aspect of this. They have to know, look, if, if you're, if if this is going to be a situation where you can't play through this and the recovery time is going to be weeks or months, then we just going to, we're just going to IR you now. We're not going to use you this year anyways. We'll, we'll go another route because they've got too many, weird roster situations already. yeah and and and, yeah. and if they need it they need to know if they need to just put him on ir and and go for another plan i think after last night and obviously you know we're not going to see the the rest of the evaluation you know behind closed doors maybe at, at, at in dallas they're going to try to you know, continue to figure out if, if if this is a viable option sooner than later and if so you know how do we how do we do we keep him on the roster yeah. maybe pump him do we, I mean, or, or what, like, I, mean, I guess you can't pup him, but, but like, you know, can, something you like, like that, IR? Right? put him, yeah, put him on like the that. IR and see where he's at a month from now. It, so yeah, uh, it, I, I, it's, it's interesting how I, I'm surprised, honestly, that he, he was able to practice. Right. Well, two practices and he comes in and again, not perfect by any means. Like, he, he was not a great run blocker. He did give up one pressure, but like, it didn't look like he'd, didn't belong, right? It didn't no. look like he was struggling with an injury. Like he was, frankly, I thought he was the best offensive lineman when he was out there, right? Well, come on, let's not let's not. Farniak was out. Well, there Farniak had to come in for a little bit because Alex Lindstrom <laughs> yeah. got hurt. But because everything way, was just terrible, man. Did you see? They, yeah. Did you see Matt Farniak as the fullback on one of the plays? I, I'm. Yes, obviously. Uh, did I notice who the fullback was? Is that was the question that you just asked me? Yes, I noticed who the fullback was. Yes, uh, I, I'm excited. Look, I mean, as as it, you know, John Owning and I are, are team Farniak since the beginning, and 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 to see him kind of them try to find ways to get him involved like that, especially if Connor McGovern ends up being the left guard, right? You have to think that Farniak's taking over the McGovern fullback role, right? Sure. So. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see it because I think he's he absolutely deserves it. All right, I want to talk about the defensive backs. A couple specifically, but th- them in general. But before yeah. we do that, I want to tell you about prize picks. This is a super, super fun way to, to bet on the NFL. All you have to do is pick two to five players and guess if they're going to go score more or fewer points in their prize pick projections. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. Last night was really easy. You just had to pick Geno Smith under eight points. It was fantastic. Just free money, basically. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on almost any single sport that you watch. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. I can tell you. I mean, it's even quicker than that. So fast. Uh, they have safe and fast withdrawals. Uh, you can curl, It's currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepick.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. 
first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on, which means if you deposit $100, they're going to give you $100 to use. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right. Let's talk real quick. Real quick. Before we go into DBs, before we move over to the defense, can I just mention real quick that I feel like Jalen Tolbert got a game that's going to be missed over because yeah. he would he should have had a like somewhere in the four catches hundred yards game and career he missed multiple times in this one. It was just he was just late on three yeah. different passes where where, where yeah. Tolbert got open and looked good. So I just felt like we we haven't checked in on on a very important draft pick on, and, and I feel like he performed well, but he's one of those positions that obviously is reliant on the quarterback and and Greer was specifically late on three separate passes where where Tolbert had gotten wide open. Yeah, I thought Greer was he settled down after the first two or three drives, but I mean we'll see if he makes a roster. Yeah, Ben did Ben Denucci didn't look awful. I'm, he didn't. He didn't actually. I mean, it's it, not, honestly not enough to make the fifty three, but like it's probably worth holding on to him one more year in the practice squad. We should have a whole podcast talking about the, the backup quarterback situation, or at least go into a whole segment about it because it, it's not any clearer after last night, honestly. So uh, I, I think it's it's something. Well, to me, it is. Going to be explored. honest, I, I I think I think Will Greer needed to significantly outplay Cooper Rush in order to to win that job. I don't think he's done that. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I, I think it's I, I we all are trying to want Greer to win that that yeah. competition, and uh, and he didn't necessarily. So exactly, we'll see. Uh, all right, the defensive backs as a whole. There's just a different mindset and mentality for these defensive backs than there was in previous regimes, right? Like they, I I know turnovers are fluky, right? Like the Cowboys aren't going to have 36 turnovers or whatever, but at the same time, like it's definitely a skill to be able to find the football and make plays on the football. And like when it's there, you don't drop it and you make the play. These guys are just making play. They had five turnovers last night. Five. Yeah. I, I thought for the most part the DBs were fantastic last night. I look, I, I think there's an element of fluke to all of this. You know, and I think that that's 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 you know an easy cop out for, for some of this. I think that learning to you know consistently catch and track the football when it bounces, like that's a learned skill. 
uh, being in the right position to see the ball when it when it bounces out, which means playing the right kind of defense. That's that's a learned skill. Well, so, I would even say like Deshaun Wright's interception. Like to the common fan, it's Drew Locke just threw it right to him. But if you that watch happens. that play again, Nation writes him. guys on the outside, and he he sees this thing coming, right? And he jumps in front of well, the route and makes a play. That's, I mean, I think that was too trap. Like, I think that's that's specifically the 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 type of defense you're trying to fool the quarterback into thinking it's one thing, and then the rules say that you know when if the if your man goes vertical, I think you allow him to the safety, and then you saw him, he did. He basically cut the guy off. Um, and, 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 and I think, I think when you watch that one angle, it looks like Drew Locke threw it right to him, but I think the ball was already in the air when, 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 uh, when 25 stepped right, when 25 right. stepped right in front yeah. of him and, and grabbed the yeah. ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's, there is an element of flukiness to it, but I also think they work really hard, um, you know, both in scheme and, 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 and practice efforts to, to kind of optimize that. Well, I, I remind you that they do every every day in training camp before practice, they do those drills where the entire team works on ball skills. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that stuff, you know, adds up. Uh, we should talk about Deron Bland because he gave up a touchdown last night, but I was actually really encouraged by what I saw because one of the most important parts about being a corner is when you give up a big play, do you sulk? Do you let it impact the next five or six plays or do you come back and you make a play? Teron Bland, after giving up a touchdown, which, by the way, the coverage was really good. It was just yeah. a really good throw. He probably should have turned his head around a little earlier. But yeah, definitely. He was phenomenal after the, giving up the touchdown and making plays in the ball, making tackles in the run support. I mean, I, I think this might have been his best game, even despite him giving up a touchdown. I, I think that the touchdown showed me the most important thing that I, we needed to see was he played that poorly at the end at the where the ball was down the field he he didn't put his hands up he didn't you know when you see if you're playing man your back's to the quarterback when the, when the wide receiver puts his hands up you got to put your hands up this isn't a situation like that video we saw of Diggs in the back of the end zone with Keenan Allen where Allen like a wily veteran didn't put his hands up to the last yep. minute this the guy had his hands up well before the ball arrived bland needs to put his needs to at least put his hands up and certainly turn around and look for the football he yep. didn't do that so you know i remember watching it and writing my notes that's disappointing we definitely need to see him i, I you know how do we see him on the outside if he can't do that part it's you know i had concerns if, especially if he's going to need to play sooner than later what a quarter later no no not even the next drive i think they tried him again on a go route same situation this time he turned around and he got his hands up and he caused the incompletion. Yep. And and to me that shows you that may be the most important thing that that happened to Bland this the preseason. The yep. fact that he we knew that he was instinctual. We knew that he could come up and, and stop and run the defense and, and and be a a a force on the outside. What we didn't know was how well he processed his mistakes and learned from those mistakes. I just saw a guy who made a big mistake, two kind of mistakes, not turning his head around, not getting his hands up fix both of those mistakes in game after, after, you know, learning from what he did previously. And I think that shows a lot of important character that, you know, bodes very well for that player. I, I mean, we've been saying it for a while, but I'm ready to officially announce. I think he's the fourth best corner on this team and I'm not sure it's close. Like he, he's just so Maybe. resilient. He'll tackle. I, I, he can play inside. He can play outside. I, I like the Rob Bland. I'm a big fan. Uh, go ahead. 
I was just saying, I like him more outside. I think I think so inside I. So inside he struggles a little bit with some of the quicker guys. I think I don't know that he's quite as explosive laterally as as you want your nickel corner, but he can do that in a pinch, and I think he definitely can play outside. Uh, I think last night kind of proved that. Uh, Israel Makamu, uh, he had an interception on the first or second drive. Uh, he's officially made the lead. Now he did have to lead the game with a groin injury. We haven't quite heard how serious that is, but regardless. This is just total, a totally different player than what we've seen um, last year. I mean, he is completely uh, dominated the preseason. And once he's healthy, I'm excited to see the Cowboys get him on the field because I think at this point, Landon, he's too good of a player not to find a way to use him. Yeah, and actually, I'm pretty sure – I mean, I kind of wanted to go back and check again when I was looking. I forgot to, but, I mean, I think at some points they were using him exclusively as the nickelback. Like, uh, I, I mean – they think they had two other safeties out there and then two other linebackers. So I, I, I kind of thought that at one point he was just, just playing nickelback, which is, I mean, his size is terrifying. Yep. Right. Uh, I, and I, you know, I think you see, uh, you, you know, you see some of those other guys doing some of the, some stuff like that. I think Kirsch, maybe, you know, you see him split out a little bit, but I mean, I think for him to be like assigned the job as nickelback, like, yep. you know, I think that's, that just shows you the level of versatility a guy that his that size has, and as he's the light has come on and he understands the assignments better, um, his athleticism is starting to shine through now, and 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 it's just, it's great it's, to see. It's fantastic. I mean, it's it's scary to see all these big, fast, long guys all over the field because it's just like it makes passing windows tiny and and and, and, yeah. and mistakes, you know, very easy to be made by the offense. It's 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 exciting. One of the reasons that I do feel optimistic about the Cowboys this year is because of the depth of guys like Israel Makamu yeah. and Marcus Bell, who I think is a lot. We even talked about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought he, I thought he had his best game. Yeah, um, and then even, I mean, Tyler Coyle is not going to make the team, but I thought he was really good last night too. He had a play in the red zone in the end zone where they tried to throw like a back shoulder fade. He dug the ball out. Remember, Coyle was somebody in college was like playing, uh, you know, at Purdue was playing like linebacker, and they yeah. had him as a slot corner last night for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think they wanted to see him do that. Number two, they had some injuries with Makamu and Kelvin Joseph, who got a concussion. Like they were just out of corners, and Coyle was playing slot corner, and he held up fairly well. I was just, I was just impressed. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredible the safety. It, I mean, it's. It's not just incredible because the the depth itself is incredible. It's incredible that it's the Cowboys, the Cowboys that, have that have this kind depth, of safety right? depth. Like yeah. it's crazy. Uh, yeah. But they've they're they're six deep maybe at safety. Like where you feel comfortable. I, I they're five deep in playmakers as far as I'm concerned at safety. Like I, oh, it's yeah. nuts, dude. Yeah. So they're just I, I, they're gonna have to find all kinds of different ways to get more and more safeties on the field if, if they can, just because. These guys are so versatile. I mean, yeah. at least three or four of them can play five or six different spots. So that makes it easy to kind of deploy them all at once if you want to. I, I wish we had a full week to talk about this preseason game because there were so many interesting performances. And then there were some guys that didn't step up. Like, I I don't know what you do with John Ridgeway, but I can't justify having him on yeah. the three-man roster. He just hasn't done anything. And, 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 you know, and, and honestly, the, the, the thing that's really hurting him more than anything is that Bohana has looked really great all this yep. preseason. And, yep. and I think the idea was that Bohana was just kind of a dis, – dis, well, not a disappointment. He just 
he wasn't what we all hoped he was going to be last year. He just wasn't ready. I think he took the year to get himself right. He's looked great. And and I think, you know, with Ridgeway not really doing anything, Bohana kind of making a move, it, it's it's made Ridgeway look very expendable. Yeah, so we'll uh we'll continue to talk about this this game a little bit further on the week, but we're going to do a uh, our roster prediction show. Uh, we're going to talk about the guys that the Cowboys do end up releasing earlier this week. I, I have to assume Landon, the Cowboys will eventually make some kind of move at offensive tackle during the week, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. You can check out the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get podcasts. Check out Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.